Good morning, good afternoon, and good bloody well evening, and welcome to Crossbutton, our fortnightly deep dive into all things PlayStation. I am Dan, your host, your guide, even your muse for the next 30 minutes, and I'm giving my usual big energetic PS high five, you'll have to be audible. That was more like a whip, do that again. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what noise it should make. I don't, um, like a clap, surely. <laughs> yeah, like a clap. Can we just all clap then? Laurie, make it clap. <laughs> uh, as you've heard, uh, two very sweaty Bettys this evening. It is Heather and Laurie. Hi, guys. Hey, hey, uh, if, if you really like us, check out our Patreon page, uh, which is patreon.com/slash crossplays to get involved. Uh, support from as little as two pounds to gain access to eighty plus additional podcasts, as well as other nuggets of goodness, including T-shirts that you can get if you go to the fifteen pound tier. We send one right away to you, and there's some lovely, lovely designs on there as well. Uh, alternatively, just throw two pounds. Come into the WhatsApp group; it's very chaotic, isn't it, Laurie? It's chaos. It is Absolutely. chaos. It is chaos. chaos. That's the word for it. Heather, what have you done to keep cool today? Um, I have mostly stayed inside. And then I had drank some beer and lay in the shade this afternoon, which was nice. Like nice. it. Like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laurie? Uh, got the old paddling pool out, haven't we? So, yeah, I'm sat in there. Sat in there with a the beer. Telling the kids to bugger off. No, you can't get in it. It's the daddy's paddling pool. Uh, you can bring me a beer. How about that? How, bi how big a paddling pool have you gone for? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it's, it's a small one because we're very conscious of, you know, the fact it hasn't rained for what feels like years now. Um, and the need to preserve water. So we you know, thought it probably, it was probably, I don't know, six feet, maybe four feet across i love this i have no idea i'm not an expert in stuff Actual. in my mind he's got one of them baby ones and he just sits in it with his feet <laughs> out <laughs> just a kitchen kind of bowl just saying yeah. that just like just a yeah. sink right. just something else in it hardly any water in it but wearing his swim trunks <laughs> uh <laughs> speaking of inappropriate images sony has adjusted default ps store sorting amid shovelware backlash um, so I post this up, you can see it in the top left if you're watching the video. Uh, and looking at pushsquare.com, as many of you will no doubt be aware, the PlayStation Store has become overrun with copy and paste games, the majority of which exist to dole out 60 second platinum trophies. Alex, wherever you are. Browsing the new releases section of the PlayStation Store has consequently become a nightmare as you're inundated with multiple permutations of the exact same game. It's become a real problem, bearing more legitimate games uh, and while we don't necessarily agree with heavy-handed curation, who's to decide whether a game should exist or not? Just more anecdotal than anything, have you guys had any issues with this at all when you've been browsing like the new store? Yeah. No? I, have, I haven't even noticed in the slightest. I've always thought the store was a bit of a mess, so... Yeah, you're not buying your games anyway at the moment, are you? So I guess it's nope. not, you're not going to tempt yourself with it, but... No, it's not just a hosepipe ban, it's also a PS5 games ban. That's good. Um, yeah. I have to say, I've, I've not. I don't really use the digital store on the PSN store, really. I look it on my phone. If I tend to buy stuff digitally or like order stuff digitally, I do it on my phone. Um, I just type the name of the game in and just do it that way. 
Um, but is it anything like on the kind of eShop on the Switch where that's just the complete, you go to the new releases on that and it's just tons of absolute complete nonsense? It's that. It's more like I've got the image up at the moment, but it's basically showing like games on there that essentially shovel worth like £1.19 and it is just duplicated games. So there's one called Pig Quits and the icon is just the same on there. So if you go onto the latest tab of the PlayStation Store, it's basically showing you duplicated games of the same game. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's like PS5 and PS4 versions, meaning that oh, a lot of the I games know. that are kind of coming out, like even you can see on here, Pig Quiz, Sushi Run, Taco Fun. <laughs> I've got the PS4 and the PS5 version on there. And then right buried at the bottom is um, the Court of Lamb. So it's like, it's actually damaging by the look of it, some of these games that are on there. So it's quite interesting. Mm, okay, well, hopefully that doesn't impact anyone and hopefully Sony seems to have uh, sorted out. Um, Push Square continue. Earlier this week we noticed the firm has already made an adjustment both on the browser-based PS Store and PS5 app. The new games ribbon is now sorted by best-selling as opposed to release date, which is fine, and that's fine. So then we'll I hope see the be like a kind of and like an R picks tab or something that's just like a curated thing of like here's the good stuff that's released this week, and like, here's everything else that's also come out. Uh, you should be able to like pin the stuff that and I know they can't make those kind of choices. But I mean, they know what people want to buy, and just doing it on new releases—is mm. that or best-selling of the new releases, or just best-selling in general? Uh, it just seems to be best-selling in general. Um, I'm yeah, not sure. See, I'm not sure actually. So surely you're always going to have like I don't know, GTA Five is probably going to be in there all the time. Uh, saying that, no, yeah. the new game, the new games ribbon is now sorted by best-selling, so it must be a certain okay. time frame onto it rather than rather than release date, which would make more sense, but. I think the Switch does it quite well because it has that curated view, doesn't it, when you go onto the store and then it'll have the yeah. best-selling kind of charts as well and you can flip that between digital and physical or both, I should say. Yeah. So you've got that kind of curated view but then you've also got the, well, presumably factual one as well. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Sony launches PlayStation games for PC page. So I'm not really asked about the story on this and it's over on Eurogamer.net. Uh, continues, new pages appeared on PlayStation's website dedicated to its games for PC. The only thing I'm really bothered about is the internet kind of lost its shit again over this stuff where people are getting no, really... It, ne it never did. It, it never did. It did, Laurie. It happened again. Um, it embarrassed itself. It's sat on the naughty stair. <laughs> but basically people are really, really upset now that oh, my lights have gone off. Um, that the PlayStation uh, homepage and basically all of PlayStation's model is now happy to sell PC games. Personally, it doesn't bother me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. No? No, we're going to laugh at that question. <laughs> Have you seen any comments about this online, just out of curiosity? No. No. I've seen I've seen comments that are like people that are angry at other people for being angry at this and it's just like are they actually people that are angry about this or are they just people that are angry at the idea of there being other people that are angry about this I, don't know. I feel like the internet just kind of makes up villains it's just like I can't believe all these people are. Like, I think that's the whole kind of thing of like people being woke or like anti-woke it's just like it's just, we're just making up these people that do these stupid things and then getting angry about them yeah um, I don't yeah. Know, maybe, maybe that's part of it but yeah i mean why would anyone would care so surely if they sell their games on pc they'll sell more of them and therefore make more of them like who gives a shit like, they can sell them on xbox for all i care it's basically what xbox do isn't it like they're quite happy to have other providers games on there because it's going to do better for game pass so i think mm. the way that sony is seeing it they've got assets that they might as well sell on other console, well, on PC, 
you know, it doesn't mm. delegitimize what you're doing on a PS5 or PS4. So, you know, what's the problem with it? But it's now God of War, Spider-Man Remastered. You've got Days Gone, Horizon Zero Dawn, Helldivers, Predator Hunting Grounds. It is, um, it is good. You know, you are being able to buy quite a few things on there now, which is decent. Um, Do you think there's a... I had a rumor that apparently there's... Um, they were going to have their own kind of launcher to compete with Steam and Epic Games. You have to buy their games through a kind of PSN launcher um, and it'd be tied to your account. I think eventually most providers will go that way anyway, you know, and it'll become almost like hardware agnostic where you've got mm. the IP and, you know, that's what PlayStation is. It is Uncharted, it is Horizon, you know, it is God of War. But I still think we're maybe, you know, half a decade away from that. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Heather? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I hate like having seventy launches for games on my PC already, so um, it wouldn't surprise me. But I mean, you know, PlayStation forever. I'm not gonna switch to suddenly using my PC to play God of War. Just not. <laughs> no. That's Master Race. I know, awful. And speaking of the Master Race of what's coming out with all of those lovely PlayStation games. Um, so some of these things are already out at the moment. So we've uh, had Two Point Campus, August 9th. If you want to hear Alex's thoughts on that, go and listen to the latest Crosscast. That came out today, which is the 14th as we're recording. Uh, Man That LFL uh, 23, either of you going to jump into that? No. Neither am I. Saints Row on August 23rd. I am tempted by that. i probably wait for that to go down in a sale at some point and then try and pick it up because it seems very silly and just cause-like. So... Yeah, I quite like early um, Saints Row games, so it'll be a pick-up, but not full price. That's it. We've got uh, The Last of Us Part 1. I've never heard of that before. don't know if you guys have. Um, I, you know, I'm gonna, I might give it a go. you got to support the indie... Um, I was going to say the indie industry, but yeah. <laughs> the indie studio. These, yeah, these small teams. There's like real kind of passion projects yeah. for like small team creators in their bedroom. I've heard, you know, they're rendering everything brand new in that game. You know, that's that's how passionate this indie team are. Uh, of course, that's on September 2nd that comes out. Um, jokes aside, really excited by that now, I think. It's getting closer to it. It's a bit crazy that there's a brand new remastered game coming out in less than a month. Well, yeah, yeah two weeks. Yep, I shall be uh, yeah, pre- pre-ordering that one. Yep, month ahead of physical edition of Stray, although you're not buying new games. Um, I am tempted mm. by that. Because I really enjoyed that game. Um, completed that a while back. I know. Yeah. Is it coming with lots of physical doodads? That just I, I'll have a quick chat. I don't think so. I've not it's seen. Come with a cat. Like, let's put it this way. Yeah, <laughs> if it comes with a cat, I'm uh, day one. I'm out there buying it. Okay. If not, like, like then no. Okay, I'm looking at pre-order options now in the US and Canada. That would be amazing if they could do, like, if they localized it to everybody's area and put like a little adoption thing in for where you can go and adopt cats locally that's it so you can get the I, I am 8-bit exclusive edition at the moment it's 45 dollars and still you can pre-order that on either ps4 or ps5 and you get a nice little patch some nice postcards and a, a cover for the game and a, and a it's a load of tap <laughs> to be brutally honest I'm not it always is it. a load of tap it's a load of tap love it still because we're fools. That's it. It's got a poster in there, and I'm just like, ooh, a poster. And I'm if like, if it comes with a tiny cat statue, <laughs> I would cat also be on their wall. It, yeah, it does not come with a tiny cat statue, annoyingly. No. I just have the idea of people put this poster up, and people come around and like, well, <laughs> you got a picture of a cat wearing a backpack on your wall. <laughs> oh, dear. I've got it there in a the frame. Like, <laughs> I'm just hastily taking down my stray themed wallpaper. 
I know, yeah. That webcam is wow. never going on again. Never uh, lorry round. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that anyway, you'll stay. I know what it's like. Uh, September 30th, FIFA 23. I am actually looking forward to that. Seems to be a lot of quality of life improvements, including a double-footed uh, challenge uh, button now, which you can do, which seems absolutely hilarious. That'll make online games really fun. So when I'm like 4-0 down, you start double-footing people, trying to break legs. Uh, and then that is it. And obviously a notable mention for the... Um, oh, God, what was the name? Blooming Game, the Cult of the Lamb. So I don't mm -hmm. think you picked it up, Heather. Laurie, I'm not sure if you have yet. No, no, I really like the look of it though. Yeah, that's probably a nine out of ten game for me at the moment. I'm addicted Ooh. to it. Admittedly, playing on wow. Switch, so it's. I definitely want to pick it up, but not until the band's lifted. Yeah, think of Moonlighter crossed with um, part of Stardew Valley, uh, Happy Tree Friends, and probably leave it there. There's there's enough references, I think, to kind of smush together to say mm -hmm. those three things and yeah it's absolutely fantastic whilst we're on that to topic as well uh what are you guys playing at the moment come to you first laurie um well i'm still carrying on my playthrough of uh 2018's god of war okay cool so my second my second playthrough of that just has been what four years since i last played it so i wanted to get back in the swing of things ready for uh, ragnarok does it stand uh, up but also... oh yeah it's the it's just fantastic the 60 frame the the next gen update they've done this kind of a free patch that um, it, it still looks as, as good as any game that I've played in recent years, and now it runs at 60 frames per second, and it's not 4K. But when I played it before, I was just on a kind of HD telly, so on a, on a launch PS4. So it's kind of it's got that PS4 Pro resolution bump, um, which looks great for me. Plus um, the 60 frames per second, so it looks fantastic and plays really nicely. Um, yeah, no, so I'm loving it. Um, just playing through it, just getting the story again. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, I played through Unfinished Stray as well, so I can join you guys in, in uh, for that, the love for that little cat. Yeah, that, that little cat. And I'll, I'll argue that the cat's not the hero of that story. But Heather! I am! What? You, what, you're the hero Was of the I story? The hero? Oh my god, what a time. <laughs> I actually liked it, but I missed that part of it. That was a bad segue. Uh, what are you playing um. at the moment, mate? <laughs> um, I finished Stray, obviously. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm actually playing Returnal at the moment. Ah, uh, okay. You playing mm -hmm. co-op? Are you playing single? What's what's happening? Playing single at the moment. Um, okay. but we'll potentially do some co-op action soon because I am co-op is dying. slick in that game. Very slick. Really impressed with it. Played it a couple of times with Carl. Um, and yeah, that's it's really fun. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I. I'm not enjoying it as much as I enjoyed like Hades and hmm. Demon Souls and stuff, but it is very good, and I played a lot more of it than I actually ever thought I would. So that's cool. good. Yeah, decent. Um, I would like to ask just before we move on, what did you guys name your cats in Stray? Um, I think I called mine Kit. That's adorable. Kit. Yeah, because I was just like wanted to mean something, which made me more sad when I finished that's the so game. Cute. Oh my God. I know. I know. Laurie, what'd you name your cat? Uh, Laurie's trying to think of a name. I've got no idea. You just name it Cat. <laughs> I don't know, was there a bit you named it? I can't. I genuinely cannot remember. That seems like the most Laurie thing in the world, like not to remember the, the, the cat name or be bothered by it. So. Yeah. No. What do we no, What do we all think about it? So Heather, come to you first. Like, what was your What was your out of ten first, and then you know what What were the most compelling parts of that game that you enjoyed? 
Um, I would probably give it a very solid 9.3. Ooh, I like it. 0.3 as well. 0.3. Um, I loved the cat, obviously. <laughs> um, I named him Jambon. Nice, okay. Um, cool. I loved the world, loved the robots, loved all of the vibe. I thought visually it was like crazy good mm. i also really liked how it was so short um that was perfect i did it in i did it in two nights well, i could have done it in one yeah, but same. i sort of wanted to like not stay up till like two o'clock in the morning um and yeah i just thought it was really really good i don't want to give anything like a 10 because i feel like what is that but it was amazing and the only thing I didn't vibe with was the sort of combaty, mm. sort of not necessarily danger element, but I just feel like there can be and is place for games that have no threat from an enemy. If that makes sense. Yeah, it didn't need combat in it. I don't think, and if anything, the combat in the last third cheapened it. You know, some of the parts where you're trying to evade things that won't give away if people haven't played it but yeah um yeah that was the only part i really felt didn't need to be there uh mm -hmm. but yeah like the threat element yeah i totally agree laurie how about yourself where'd you land yeah i mean on that point I, it kind of it, it's, a puzzle, it, it's kind of that that puzzle of trying to find find the things you need and go where you need to go and i kind of just saw the combat as as kind of a puzzle mm. to it as well like how do i get mm kind of run through the sequence or how can I avoid these enemies or how can I you know get away and then charge up my torch thing to, to zap them and that was always See, very satisfying I, I, zap them with a the torch and watch them explode so sorry yeah that, that part I enjoyed you know we had to run away from whatever those creatures are called that was fine that made sense to me and there was that element of danger there I get that but I think it was more so just the end part for me like I said you know mm -hmm. when you were evading those security cameras and all that kind of stuff that was just a little bit yeah, um, I, I felt like I'd done that. I felt like the torch had broken for a very good reason and I didn't need to go back, mm, which I was quite happy yeah. with. And then, yeah, it kind of made, made me a bit bored on that part. Yeah, the, the kind of prison prison bit where you're sort of sneaking through, that was one annoying bit. We had to kind of lock the the drone things inside the cells. Like yeah. Um, yeah. But again, it was just kind of like a puzzle. It was like, oh, okay, how can I get him in there and then get myself out and then get around and close the door? Um, and I, I think I just kind of they killed me a few times and I think I just kind of did it by luck so it was just like oh well, well that's done now so <laughs> move on so yeah anything that was annoying like that it didn't really outstay its welcome and I think some of the exploring the little town where earlier in the game trying to find um, the four rooms and stuff it was just like this is this, why is this why, why am I finding this harder than I should do hmm. like, I keep getting lost in this room this this little town it's, it's, yeah it's an area out of ten, find my way around it. Oh god, uh, eight probably. I mean, I really liked it. Yeah. I really, really, yeah, really, really liked it. I thought it was great. I loved the. Um, for me, it was the, the being a cat. Just that the the movement it felt very original. The movement of a cat, the going from a walk to a run was always very nice. Just with the little padding feet, just going, and you just get that kind of sense of momentum as it then you can then break into a run. Um, and yeah, the story obviously is very very clever very kind of sweet short story um very kind of sad and poignant and um, i like how it kind of ends on a, on a nice hopeful note yeah hopefully we'll get more of it i think i'll, I'll probably land mm. on about an eight and a half from my side i think the my favorite part is the design of the robots 
like just really really enamored with it and i loved seeing like the reactions to certain things that the cat would do and then something about the actual display of the faces really like i really vibed with it it just looked really really cool um that and then the aesthetic it's just it was the it's the future armor realization in, in it just felt very very like that world and all the the way the robots interact some of them was like were bender-esque not quite to the, the lengths of him swearing but um the final area that you're in again i won't ruin it but it's like a like a punk kind of neon city where you've got to do a couple of different things and it's like the expected kind of things you would find in the city uh in as far as like there's a like a, a dancing club and there's um a couple of dodgy bars and that kind of stuff but just the that area in itself knowing the game's only so long and quite short it meant that that area was like really fun to explore because i knew that it wouldn't be too in depth it was just very on the face of it interesting and aesthetically aesthetically pleasing so yeah so um, um, so just one point about you said about the reactions just there's that, that, that area where it's like a tower or is it like, like yeah. a big tree or whatever and there's a couple of robots playing my young and you and you see them playing it and you think can I jump on that table and you're in the game and just their reaction is so, so yeah. priceless. I absolutely yeah. love it. And it's just like, it, it knows that you're going to do that and just it just rewards you for being a jerk cat it's, um, and just, just ruining things for people, just knocking things over for people and like with the pot of paint as well earlier on the game. It's just so many bits like that where it just guesses what people are going to try and do as a cat and rewards you for it. That's it. And it's uh, it's it's nice to remember anyway. And I think uh, Stray as a game is fantastic. But speaking of remembering... <laughs> So we've spoken about what we're playing. Now, what we want to do is just talk briefly about our history and relationship with PlayStation, which in hindsight sounds a little bit of a dodgy sentence. But what I mean by that is we've had PlayStation consoles all our life. We're doing a PlayStation podcast. Uh, what we'd want, what we wanted to do is kind of talk about PlayStation 1 this week. Um, each of us have picked a game, or maybe two games, or maybe even three games. I don't even know how to make games, but we're all going to briefly talk about our, our story and our connection with the console. And then maybe cover it off uh, the PlayStation 2 next week or the week after. It's in a fortnight, so probably in two weeks' time. Um, so, Laurie, I'm going to pick on you first. I'm going to ask you, what was your main game for the PlayStation 1? Tell us about how you actually played that console. What's your memories of it? So my main game, my one standout game, if I think of the PS1, um, the first game I booted up without hesitation when I got the little PS1 Classic was uh, Metal Gear Solid. Absolute kind of... Great game. Changed, every, changed everything game. Um, having only played Nintendo consoles and just their sort of style of game, still to this day, he's got their own kind of style of game. And then Metal Gear Solid was the first game that came along. It's just like, wow, video games can be actually so much more than what I've kind of what I've known and played and experienced so far with with, with what the sorts of games that Nintendo can make. That and that's kind of or, or Sega or anyone else at that time. It was Kojima coming along and just really changing changing expectations about what games can do and just that opening cinematics and just like whoa absolutely blow me away playing games that are so well scripted so well acted the voice acting the kind of emotion in it it's just unlike anything else i have ever played at the time so it's 1998 that metal gear solid came out and i wrote on the notes before so we got the playstation in 99 oh no can't it be 95 95 yeah yeah 95 so it's generation five isn't it of consoles so we had n64 playstation saturn that was it those three main ones mm. yeah n64 came after the 
Mastodon, yeah, 64 did, and then the Saturn came, I think it was in the July of that year, and the PlayStation came out later on, November, I think it was, it might be in September, can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when did you get the console? Did you get it launched, or were you further down the line? But no, I, was a, I, was, I think I was a few years behind, but I think I had it, I sort of swapped consoles with a friend of mine um, at school, and we just swapped it, and that's where I had... I, borrowed his, his console with Metal Gear Solid but it was amazing mm. and then my little sister actually got one um, so she had one and then I ended up getting my own one a few years later um, so it was the first few years of it being out I didn't I didn't um, didn't didn't have one but I just played played friends or played at school I remember when back in back in the day at school when they wheeled the big telly into the classroom and someone would bring it in on the last day of term and we'd sit there playing like Gran Turismo or something on the, on the big <laughs> telly at school um, but yeah I was playing my sister's one a little bit and then I, I, my first one I owned was actually one of the PS1, the, the redesign model they had. So I bought that and had it with I think Ridge Racer and Ape Escape. So yeah. they, they would be my other kind of two two games that I think of when I think of that system. So Ridge Racer Type 4 and Ape Escape with the, the, the first mm. original DualShock controller. Banging. Really cool. So just out of curiosity, what's the first film you think of when you remember the big telly at school and the last day of term? I'm trying to think. I want so, to say something like Die Hard, but I'm not sure whether or not they would have, <laughs> make it up. We, we would have been allowed to watch that. Ours was probably put something else on, and then ours was Gladiator. Like every single time, nice. there was an excuse to play Gladiator. The teachers would play Gladiator, so it was just right. the thing. Yeah, you're much younger than me. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, mate. I'll take that. That's, that's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Um, Heather, what was your game? When did you first pick up the console? Um. I would have definitely said it was a Christmas present. Okay, cool. But now, actually, I realise that was a lie. And we first ever, I first ever played it because we borrowed it from the local video shop. Right. They had one that you could rent. And I literally just had the core memory while I was listening to Laurie. Um, so we used to rent it from there for the weekend. Okay. And they had like several games. So that was like the first time I'd ever played it. And that would have been around the launch or mm. the next so couple of years. Card or did you rent the memory card as well? No, no memory card. Wow. So, yeah, so I would have been, like, between the ages of five and seven, I think. So that's... that wasn't even, like, a consideration at that point, really. Yeah, that's practically child um... abuse not to get a memory card, isn't it? Let's be honest. So. <laughs> might as well not have um... a control and just stare at the screen, like... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Well, it it was shared as well between me and my brother, so most of the time I was just watching the telly. Um, but yeah, my main sort of like experience with it was when we got on Christmas. That was like a joint gift. Um, and then it was things like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro were like the main ones. Mm. Um, but we also had Tomb Raider. Two. We had all the Tomb Raiders, I think. But I particularly remember Tomb Raider two. Um, because my dad was a mega fan <laughs> and would get them little magazines with the cheat codes in. <laughs> yeah, I remember those that came with a little book. Yeah. 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 Banging. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think mine was similar. So I got uh, an N64 in 97, I think, when it came out. Um, so I got one for Christmas that year. And then both of my parents kind of got hooked on playing certain games on it. And they were like, oh, there's a PlayStation out as well. 
so they got the PlayStation and then a couple of games for that. We had like the Die Hard game for it, which I never remember, and the um, the Aliens game. I can't remember what that was called either. But the one that kind of like jumps out for me is probably Tony Hawk's. So I spoke mm-hmm. about like the fondness for that, and I've had it on pretty much every console since. So I had it on my PSP when I imported that from America when it first came out. Um, I think it was Tony Hawk's 2, if I remember rightly. But yeah, the original Tony Hawk's, it was just sitting in my cousin's all the way through the summer, just playing that non-stop, just playing horse, just trying to beat each other, try to put the cheat codes in, um, figuring out how to do a 900, you know, multiple times, putting the cheat code in so you could do a 900 like 80 times in the air in slow-mo. <laughs> it was just everything from the soundtrack through to the gameplay, through to the aesthetic of it, it was perfect. Um, and just that true pass the pad around kind of game. Yeah. Um, and I don't think many games have ever, na- ever nailed that feeling since. It's probably one of the better games in that area, and I'm so happy when it came out again recently. Um, and I've just downloaded it as well. So I think it's on PS Plus this month. Just an honourable mention to anyone if they want to go and download yeah. it. So yeah, it's um, in the month of August. It's well worth picking it up. Um, the honourable mentions, so GTA 1, so the original for that, was just incredible. And then GTA London as well. Um, top down, you can't see what's in front of you. It could be a police car career in th- two years if you've got enough stars it could be a tank that's about to blow you up but just all everything through that to like harry krishna kind of people everything was just it sewn in yeah. to the lore of that game of how silly and how funny it was um, and it would be exchanging messages and you know people talking on the playground of like oh have you seen this thing if you go to this area if you drive through underneath the building you'll come out in a secret part and that's where you get the tank there was loads of like anecdotes for that game um, and then the yeah. one that, that got my kind of like PlayStation journey off was Final Fantasy VIII. So my, my cousins had a chipped PlayStation. Um, I shouldn't really say that, actually. Everyone makes up that they've got neighbours with, uh, with chip things. But anyway, so my cousins had like a chipped PlayStation and I borrowed it for uh, for two weeks when I went to Florida. Um, and I played Final Fantasy VIII basically to completion in that amount of time over the summer holidays. And by the end of that game, the feeling of like melancholy and ho- like I hated, hated finishing that game, um, and just the instant urge to go back and replay it again. So I, I begged my dad uh, for us to go around all the HMVs and different shops in town because back then it was impossible to find a game, especially if it was as niche as like a, a JRPG. Mm. So we were going around them, and then we found it in the one in the Strand. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it was just absolutely amazing. It was like 30 quid and he was really pissed off that he had to pay it. But I was so happy and then I replayed it and replayed it and replayed it. Um, but again, just that feeling, that little console. Still remember the pad. Still remember the creaks it would make when I die, you know, trying to beat a certain boss. Um, just a really, really good console. The only stupid part about it was the memory cards and just how often they would destroy themselves or need reformatting. And then you'd lose basically life's work in a game. Um, yeah, or your little sister would delete your save on something without realizing. <laughs> Free up slots because they only had like four slots on them or something. Yeah, I know. God, you could do that with everything back in the day, wasn't it? It was like VCRs, and then you'd have all like your cartoons. Like I don't know, Rugrats was then covered over by your dad's copy of Taggart that you wanted to watch in the evening. <laughs> like one megabyte, weren't they? Or like four megabytes, weren't they? The, the you could get different ones. You get like or... get the Jarg ones, can you? Which were I think some of those like sixteen or something stupid. Whoa, 16 I'm megabytes. I'm sure you could get something huge like that. I can't remember. But... It's like a Word document now. <laughs> and you get like the neon ones and then you'd be like, hold on, there's anything other than the, the grey? And then it'd be like, this fella's... I see-through ones. Oh, she did. Jelly. Yeah, very jelly. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I hate... I mean, so PlayStation was always, the PS1 was always 
like the concert because I got the N64 and I was always like had the NES, NES. I must have the N64, of course. And I wasn't at the time until I got a job and started earning my own money. I wasn't my parents were not going to buy me like a second console. And I was like, it was the sort of console that I played around other people's houses or saw other people have one until my sister got one. And I was like, oh, if I if I made the wrong choice, like seeing the other people's games, I was like, wow, these games are pretty cool. And like, because it's a CD player, I'm like, well, this is, yeah, they get demo discs on their magazines and they can like. That it just it just mm. they can play CDs on it. It's just like so much sort of cooler, and obviously the kind of marketing and the branding of it was just so much sort of cooler and stuff. And I definitely had that feeling for the first few years of it. That I was like, okay, I feel like I'm missing out here. I feel like I may have may have made the wrong choice, but I won't admit this to anyone until I'm on a PlayStation podcast twenty years from now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got a very very quick quiz for you. Um, so I've just gone on funtrivia.com, and it's about the PlayStation One. Uh, so what's the name of the main character, good guy, in Final Fantasy VII? Is it Cloud, Cloud, Barrett, Squall, or Sephiroth? <laughs> okay, I think we all knew that one. Uh, in Metal Gear Solid, Laurie, come on. What's the name of the grenade used to disable electronic devices? Is it the Chaff, the Stun, the C4, yeah. or the Nikita? Uh, chaff. Chaff. Okay. One for Heather. In Tomb Raider 3, uh, what oh, or shit. who do you need to lock in the freezer to gain access to the racetrack? Is it the Dragon, um, the Three Wolves, the Butler, or the Bear? It's the Butler, Winston. Poor Winston. Oh, this tricky one. Uh, in Command and Conquer Red Alert, great game, uh, which opposing team has Tesla coils? Was it the Soviets, the Serbians, the Allied, or the Vietnamese? I don't know if that's PC anymore, but let's try and answer it anyway. Soviets, surely. Gotta be the Soviets. Uh, okay, and which are the four cities to explore in Driver 2? You can go to either Rio, Chicago, Havana, Las Vegas. You can go to Rio, Melbourne. Bye. Uh, Havana, Las Vegas, Rio, Memphis, Havana, and Las Vegas, or Rio, Nairobi, Havana, and Las Vegas. So it's either Chicago, Melbourne, Memphis, or Nairobi. What are we saying? Chicago, I have no Chicago's. Idea. I think Chicago. I'm pretty sure Chicago is one of them. Let's go for I Chicago. thought that was the only one. I love honest. that. I love the confidence that I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, let's see how good we are. We've got one, two, three, four, five out of five, guys. Hey, well, yes. Wow. Incre the average score for this quiz. We carry on being a PlayStation podcast. We do. We should do that every week. Find one, and then if we we uh, fail at it, then that's it. We get less than fifty percent. We've got to stop. Then <laughs> we just end the podcast. Like shit. Okay. Well, we have to run. Yeah, that's it. Any other uh, notable mentions for PlayStation One? Just before we wrap up. Resident Final Evil Nine. Ooh, my favorite Final Fantasy, and my oh, what a surprise! There's still more Final Fantasy. Least. Well, we can if you want. <laughs> There's plenty of good games on there. Vagrant Story, another notable mention for the PS1. Um, what else was I going to say as well? Oh, yeah, all the Spyro games. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and Resident Evil, like Laurie said. Yeah, I didn't like yeah, the first one. Resident Evil, and that was, the, that was the classic. Well, Resident Evil 1, and I think 2, that was when I was at a family friend's house, um, an adult, and it's just like, I had Resident Evil 2. I was like, whoa, this is like extreme like, yeah. horror gore. It's like so far away from Nintendo as you could possibly get. Well, seeing as like you can get to that liquor cut scene within, I don't know, like half an hour of playing the game, and that is absolutely disgusting and very scary. So yeah, yeah, never again, never again. That is your lot for this week. Thanks for joining us on our fortnightly adventure. If you want any M O A R of this ruckus or even podcast about other consoles and a separate Xbox po Xbox podcast, oh for God's sake, I can't even say it. It's, it's like disgusting, disgusting. disgusting. Uh, <laughs> 
it was money, yes. Head on over to thecrossplayers.com and if you click on the Discord link, you can find all of our Roundy Bunch lurking about in there. Uh, if you want to go to thecrossplayers.com slash links, you will find links to all of the shows, uh, all the different podcast services that we're on. And if you want to go a whole step further, head on over to thepatreon.com slash thecrossplayers and throw some cash at us. Uh, thank you, Laurie. Thank you very much, Heather. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and remember, play cross. Come on, Heather. Button. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.